Hello, my name is Benjamin Leonardo Jacobs. Thank you very, very much for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. We have a very, very detailed and aggressive broadcast broadcast for you today because the Democrats of America, the Biden administration, and all of the secret societies and the military industrial complex has all openly announced, and now they are starting a physical war with you. ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. They say don't get mad about politics, get mad about basketball, focus on football, focus on rap, focus on anything but what we are doing to you. And there is very great danger that an announced need for increased security. The Justice Department is forming a new domestic terrorism unit. will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its means very limits of official censorship and concealment. That this is a group of dedicated attorneys that are going to form a specialized unit under what's called the National Security Division. They convince you that you cannot change even the notation of giving your valuable, valued opinion to the world because if it's not part of the program, then it does not matter. I suppose, given a choice, I think I would uh, pick hell. Reveling in Joe Biden's textbook example of a speech utilizing every rule for radicals he could jam in. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Biden's address of doom arrogantly rattled on, knowingly ignoring the criminal double standard that the speech was perched upon like a gargoyle. And here, in my view, is what is true. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. He is an illegitimate president in my mind. Would you be my vice presidential candidate? <laughs> Folks, look, I absolutely agree. Trump didn't actually win the election in 2016. He lost the election, and he was put in office because of the Russians interfered. Trump knows he's an illegitimate president. The president-elect, although legally elected, is not legitimate. I don't see this president-elect 
as a legitimate president. You said you believe that Russia's interference altered the outcome of the election. I do. We have a president who, if in fact it is proven, uh, has been assisted by the Russians and may in fact not be a legitimate president. The one thing that Trump is fearful of uh, when it comes to his being president is that finally we will see how illegitimate his victory actually was. I have an objection. I object to the 15 votes from the state of North Carolina. I object because people are horrified. He's an illegitimate president. Do you believe Trump is a legitimate president? What I believe is that there's no question that the outcome of this election was affected by the Russian interference. And now America must choose to move forward or to move backwards, to build a future or obsess about the past, to be a nation of hope and unity and optimism, or a nation of fear, division, and of darkness. He has never done anything for not even one person that I know of. I never heard anybody say anything about him. And people want to talk about Donald Trump, Donald Trump this, Donald Trump that. Why is this man over there taking care of people at the border? We hungry, we need a place to stay. We feel like we're in a concentration camp. After the country endured millions of dollars in damage and deaths due to the left's unchecked goading of violence. And this is a nation that rejects violence as a political tool. We do not encourage violence. I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. There needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. You've got to be ready to throw a punch. You have to be ready to throw a punch. Donald Trump, I think you need to go back and, and punch him in the face. That I thought he should have punched him in the face. I feel like punching him. I'd like to take him behind the gym if I were in high school. If we were in high school, I'd take you behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Please! Get up in the face of some Congress people. People will do what they do. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. It's just a warning to you Trumpers. Be careful. Walk lightly. And for those of you who are soldiers, make them pay. If you had to be stuck in an elevator with either President Trump, Mike Pence, or Jeff Sessions, who would it be? Does one of us have to come out alive? <laughs> MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. How many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> you got fired. And as the senile placeholder for globalism was slowly helped away by his racist first lady, most Americans knew Joe Biden's speech would go down as one of, if not the darkest speech in American history by a sitting president of the United States. John Bowne reporting. So while the Democrats of America, the Biden administration, the DOJ, and the military-industrial complex all start to wage war on the American citizens, the CIA is assassinating people all around the world. Here's a short list. Hey, <laughs> hey,
the assassination of former Japan uh, Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. President Putin's brain has been killed in a suspected car bomb attack near Moscow. Now, this unconfirmed video is believed to show a distraught Alexander Dugin at the site of the explosion that killed his daughter, Daria Dugina. The Russian journalist strongly backed the invasion of Ukraine. She's seen here in a selfie in the Ukrainian city of Mariupol after Russia took control of it. Her father is believed to have been the real target of the bomb. Alexander Dugin is an ultra-nationalist whose ideas have underpinned Vladimir Putin's rule. The attempted assassination of what the mainstream media was telling the American people was Putin's brain, ladies and gentlemen. But if you were to go to Russia, they actually uh, they actually call him in Russia the Alex Jones of Russia, ladies and gentlemen. Now let's keep on going. On the uh, body of former Russian press minister, Mikhail Lessin has revealed he died of blunt force injuries to the head. Lessin's body was found on November the 6th in a hotel room in Washington, D.C. His family reportedly told Russian media he died from a heart attack. The U.S. police say the investigation is continuing. Kilmi Dukhart has more. Poon's former prime minister liaison was murdered of blunt force trauma. Now, um, like was just stated, um, uh, Russian TV and mainstream media here reported it as uh, um, an accidental death. What's very interesting to note on this uh, on this particular um, particular assassination is he was apparently he was in the middle of returning back to Russia because of of the information he was obtaining here in Washington D.C., ladies and gentlemen. But it goes even further than that because here's another one. Now, these three Dutch Special Forces were training, um, I, I believe, at a... Um, they reported that Dutch soldiers were training at a, a, Mos a Moskatuk, an urban training center at, a, at a, the Vienna National Guard, at the Vienna National Guard. They made a statement as well saying that the... It is a premier training facility and used by departments of defense as well as other allies. The Dutch soldiers visited Indianapolis at the end of their uh, duty day. And there was apparently an altercation between the soldiers and another party prior to the shooting. Now, two of the men, uh, two of the men that were wounded, um, there are uh, the two of the soldiers that were wounded they seem that they seem or at least what i'm hearing is they will be pulling through however the general or at least the the commander was shot to death ladies and gentlemen and like you just heard uh from the from the chief of police right there that made a statement saying that when the officers arrived they're approached by a, a gunman or a, a, another gunman or whatever have you that it didn't engage the officers as well the officers put him down he is dead, but the commander, is sh the commander is gone, ladies and gentlemen. So that's just another assassination that is being held through 
this whole operation through this global new world order that they're put reestablishing in they're getting rid of the new world order that they established with the united nations and nato and now they're having to break all that down because they're shifting the power over the military power and the power of a, a, of the, the power of economics into china and russia which is why you see the military drills spawning up right now and it's always been about that ladies and gentlemen but there's there's also more assassinations going on because we have to get to this one as well this is actually the eighth in a series of unexplained deaths amongst senior uh, oil and gas executives and uh, other senior business people in, in Russia this year. Um, I mean, it's really quite unusual to have so many people apparently uh, dying of suicide. Uh, these are people at the top of their game. Uh, Ravel Maganov, um, who was 67 years old, just uh, two, three years ago, was given a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Kremlin in a ceremony by uh, President uh, Vladimir Putin. So it's really quite unusual. And, and there is there is Russian form in the past on uh, sudden and unexplained deaths, um, quite often by defenestration, as uh, is the case of, um, possibly the case of Magnanov himself from, from a window. Um, and then if you research Luke Oil, ladies and gentlemen, um, Luke Oil is actually uh, one of the subsidiaries uh, subsidiaries for the USFA and for uh, for what would we uh, from what we would know as BP Oil, ladies and gentlemen, their uh, stocks literally just transformed within themselves. And let's go to this uh, attempted assassination out in Argentina. Christina Fernandez de Kirchner, ladies and gentlemen, she was the one that was speaking out, uh, speaking out against uh, Al Qaeda or Islamic terrorist groups that were operating in Argentina, hooking up with guerrilla warfare troops like cartel leaders out in a uh, uh, super cartel cartel leaders that are based out in Brazil, ladies and gentlemen. And now there's been an attempted assassination on her life, and this also comes. After Mikhail Gorbovich uh, died at age 91, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to this. This morning, people around the world are remembering Mikhail Gorbachev, a man who played a complicated and unique role in history. Gorbachev sought more peaceful relations with the West when he was named president of the Soviet Union in 1985. The birthmark on his head made him instantly recognizable, and he quickly gained star power in America. I just dropped by with present for warming up house. Instead, find you grappling with local off. Oh, brought some of your commie friends to help you fight dirty, eh? Then President Reagan addressing Gorbachev in his famous speech at the Berlin Wall. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Gorbachev would later say Moscow was not impressed at the former actor's iconic moment. Not at all. <laughs> and I said, you know, we were very well aware that the president had another profession as an actor. 
Gorbachev ended the Cold War without bloodshed before resigning in 1991. But he failed to prevent the collapse of the Soviet Union, which fractured into 15 territories. He ran for president against Boris Yeltsin in 1996, coming in seventh with less than 1% of the vote. Gorbachev later writing in his book, In Russia, I am still accused of having given away Eastern Europe. My responses to this is, who did I give it away to? Poland to the Poles? Hungary to the Hungarians? Czechoslovakia to the Czechs and Slavics? It was this Pizza Hut commercial that perhaps best displayed Gorbachev's complicated legacy. During an interview with Larry King, Gorbachev said this about how he wanted to be remembered. History is a capricious lady, but I, I hope that it will uh, judge me fairly. That's what the mainstream media has been blaring over the la- or, or ever since he died. Um, I, I believe it was um, not, not too long ago. Uh, thir- uh, died August 30th of 2020, uh, 2022. But ever since he has passed away, the mainstream media has been blaring that he is such an honorable man and he was so great because he helped Nixon take down um, the Soviet Union and he helped to give freedom back to Russia. This was the exact opposite. And if you ask any of the citizens of Lithuania or any other in any other the any other uh, small little countries around that area, they will tell you the exact opposite. Putin even snubbed his funeral. Now, it's, the mainstream media, like I said, that's what they're trying to give the image to America. Like New York Post, Govovich will be remembered. You know what I mean? Uh, New York Times, CNN, they're running the same articles about how Govovich was such a, a, a such a great guy and he helped bring down the Soviet, uh, the Soviets, ladies and gentlemen. Now, like I said, if you ask the Luthanians or any other country around that area, they will tell you the exact opposite. So the mainstream media is blaring all of that around there, but this exactly is what you're seeing out in Russia right now about Gorbovich. <laughs> charged with billy clubs, tear gas, and spades. The charge was led by special attack forces who were brought to Georgia for the express purpose of ending this movement with an exemplary strike. dead and 4,000 wounded. The investigative commission made it clear that the demonstrators had been unarmed and that the population had not been informed of the curfew. War gas was used. Despite the investigation, nobody was put on trial. So the mainstream media here in the Western world 
is trying to give the image of Gorbovich being this great, uh, great man that gave land back to um, who, who, who they, who he deemed it was supposed to go back to. But Gorbovich had other plans, uh, other plans, and other motives in mind for that breakdown of Russia. That had nothing to do with giving the poles back to uh, the pole, uh, Poland back to the uh, poles, as he was saying. That had everything to do with. The grandstand of the end game, which is and get in, uh, get Russia engaged into a war with America, ladies and gentlemen. So just to go back in a, a little time with Gorbovich, he had refused to accept Lithuania's independence, uh, which was declared in March of 1990, resorting to the economic and political pressure it's authority. When that failed, Soviet troops were sent in to restore order. At least 14 to 40 people were killed. Numerous accounts are coming out that even more were killed, ladies and gentlemen. But over 700 to 4,000 were wounded in the cap in the country's capital, Vilnius, in uh, January 1991. Now, over the years, Lithuania ended up joining NATO, which is another reason, which is why I said that had nothing to do with giving uh, Lithuania and uh, all, all these other countries that were surrounding Georgians. The Georgians, the Lithuanians, all of them, that had nothing to do with giving their land back to their people. That was a simple form of problem, reaction, solution. The United uh, States in particular, it being um, uh, owned owned by the uh, uh, elites in the Western world, what they wanted to do is get as much ground as you can because if you're opting into, a, if your end game is war with another superpower, then you need to get as much control over in that land as possible. So what they did is, is they gave the people of Lithuania and the people that were not accepting of the breakup of the Soviet Union, they gave them Gaborvich. Now Gaborvich, uh, um, uh, being the good little puppet he was, immediately started immediately started to genocide and extinguish the people of Lithuania. So when it comes, so when it when NATO when NATO knocked at their door. Of course, the first thing they would say, yes, of course, we would love to join NATO because if we join NATO, that means Gaborvich, the same person that NATO hired to start genociding the people, problem, reaction, solution. Of course, we don't want Gorbovich to kill us and attack us on the street with uh, mustard gas and military smoke. Of course, we'll join NATO because that means that this will stop. But that is exactly what problem reaction solution is all about they gave the problem to the Athenians and the georgians and the other countries that were surrounding that area or the other small counties if you were whatever you want to call them they gave them gorborovich as the problem the reaction to that problem was the riots was the killings was the genocide and then nato stepped in with the solution because they told Lithuanian and georgians if you become a part of nato Gorbovich will no longer attack you because if uh, Gorbovich attacks you, then they're attacking us. No one would ever attempt to attack us, ladies and gentlemen, but that's exactly what problem, reaction, solution is. And it was, and, and, and you know what, and I can go even further than that because it was Smedley J, uh, uh, Smedley, and he gave a little uh, speech and uh, wrote a little book on it that first said, War is a racket, and that that speech was given in 1933, ladies and gentlemen, 
which is why I wanted to break down those assassinations, which is also why I want to get uh, get into a little back history of uh, World War II and that economic warfare that truly played a part of building up the Nazi propaganda, building up the Nazi war machine that we saw such atrocities uh, uh, come from, ladies and gentlemen. Now, to start this off, because I would like to talk to you guys about the Bush family, the Nazi clients, and the Dutch connection. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because of uh, uh, Mikhail Gorbovich's death and because I believe that this, that the short little notes that I have for you here, yesterday, or I believe it was three days ago, we covered water warfare. Today, we're going to be covering economic warfare. And like I was saying in our podcast earlier, there are so many things that are our war, that are considered war, that lead up to the troop on troop, troop on troop combat, ladies and gentlemen. So once again, let me begin this. Uh, this is, if I may talk to you guys about the Bush family, Nazi clients, and the Ducks connection. Now, um, Fritz Tyson was telling the Allied investigators, which would... Um, be the United States and the United uh, Kingdom interrogation teams, the Nuremberg trials that they set after World War II, and he was making statements that he claimed to possess neither foreign banks' accounts nor interests in foreign bank accounts. And this was indeed because Thyssen and his family owned an entire chain of banks. So after the war ended, he didn't need to give away his Nazi asset, assets. He just needed to transfer the ownership of his documents, stocks, bonds, deeds, and trusts from his bank in, uh, in Berlin through the bank in Holland to his American friends in New York City, which would be Prescott Bush and Herbert Walker, ladies and gentlemen. And it was Tyson that helped create in the 1920s the web, uh, the web of the financial burden of the 1920s of the Federal Reserve and the Rothschilds, which was was a perfectly hidden um, underground group of uh, money laundering when it comes to war and human trafficking, ladies and gentlemen. And it was Mikhail Gorbovich that once once quoted, and this was exactly one of his quotes, Gorbovich said that he and his wife, Riza, deeply appreciated the attention, kindness, and simplicity typically typical of George and Barbara Bush, as well as the rest of their large family friends, ladies and gentlemen. And we are going to be getting into some of those family friends. So when Thyssen was telling the Allied investigators that he had no interest in foreign companies, that Hitler had turned on him and seized his foreign companies and seized his uh, most of his property and foreign companies, I apologize, his remaining assets were mostly in the Russia-occupied zone of Germany. Now, his distant and uh, mostly disliked relatives and neutral nations like Holland were the actual owners of a substantial percentage of the remaining German industrial base, which would be the um, steel uh, the steel magnet that created some of the German war tanks and uh, created the German machinery during that war. Now, under the rules of the Allied occupation of Germany, all, all property owned by citizens of a neutral nation, which had been seized by the Nazi, had to be returned to the neutral citizens upon proper presentation of documents showing proof of ownership. So, like I was stating before, with 
Thyssen and his family owning a secret chain of banks and him switching all of the ownership of all of the, which was really looting. He switched all of the loot that they stole from the Jews, that they stole from other countries. He switched all that ownership because he laundered it into his banks. He laundered it into his family's banks and then he switched the ownership of that so uh under the rules of the allied occupation of germany like i was stating before after that switch all of a sudden all all uh all of a sudden all sorts of neutral parties particularly in holland were claiming ownership of various pieces of the thyssen empire so uh, thyssen was in jail due to the nuremberg trials his army machine was getting rebuilt for him now, the British and the Dutch royal families bank Voor, Handel, and Van Schiepart in Rotterdam. The bank did a lot of business with the Thyssen over the, with Thyssen over the years. In 1923, as a favor to him, the Rotterdam Bank loaned the money to build the very first Nazi Party headquarters in Machun. To make this even more interesting, U.S. intelligence chief in post-war Germany, Alan Doles, was also the Rotter, uh, Rotterdam Bank's lawyer. Now, uh, Alan Doles was the very first CIA director, and he was also the man that orchestrated the JFK assassination with the mafia and others. He was also one that orchestrated the. Uh, he was also the one that was behind Operation Paperclip and Operation MK Ultra during its procedural times, ladies and gentlemen. So just imagine, just imagine why this information has not been known. Well, that's because some of the same people that were investigating these situations the concentration camps, the banks that were involved in um, funding the Nazi party, well, they became CIA directors. They became the lawyers and they were the clients of some of these banks. So Thyssen was Dole's client as well. Alan Dole's other, Alan Dole's other client was Baron Kurt von Schroeder, who was the Nazi trustee for the Thyssen's company which now claimed to be owned by the Dutch Fritz Thyssen, indirectly the Nazi party, had obtained their early financing from the Brown Brothers, Harriman, and its affiliate. The Union Banking Corporation, Union Bank in turn, was the Bush family holding company from, for a number of other entities, including the Holland American Trading Company. Now, it was a matter of public record that the Bush holding was seized by the U.S. government after the, Nazi over, after the Nazis overran Holland. Then in 1951, the Bushes reclaimed Union Bank from the U.S. Allen Property Custodian, along with their neutral Dutch, Dutch assets. Now, Thyssen's first set in a long dance of tax and currency frauds began in 1931, when he disposed of his shares in the Dutch Hollandische American Dysheers Investment Corporation to be credited to the bank for Handel van Schiepart in V, Rotterdam. The bank founded in 1916 by August Thyssen Sr. This the Bush Union's bank had apparently bought the same corporate stock that the Tysons were selling as part of their Nazi money laundering. Now the, Rotter, uh, the Rotterdam Bank is colluding. Now far from being a neutral Dutch institution was funded, was founded by Fritz Thyssen's father in hindsight. Now Manny and uh, Manny which is some of the um, researchers that were uncovering this information, uncovered, uncovered, um, uh, uncovered all of these. Uh, un I'm sorry, uncovered this connection between the Deutsche Bank, the uh, Nazi, the Nazis, and the Bush family, 
shortly after around 1986 to 1991. So this information is still fairly, fairly new. So let's, let me just break this all down for you, ladies and gentlemen. After World War I, August Tyson had been badly burned by the loss of assets under the harsh terms of the Versailles Treaty. He was determined uh, uh, that it would never happen again. One of his sons would join the Nazis and the other would join neutral no matter who won the next. The war, the Thyssen family would survive with their industrial empire and act. Fritz Thyssen joined the Nazis in 1923 and his younger brother married into the Hungarian nobility and changed his name to Baron Thyssen Bornimbizina. The Baron, uh, the Baron later claimed Hungarian as well as Dutch citizenship in public. In public, he pretended to detest his Nazi brother, but in private, they met at a secret board meeting in Germany to coordinate their operations. So that meant if one brother were threatened with the loss of property, he could simply transfer his holdings to the other brother. To aid his sons in their shell game, August Tyson had established three different banks during the 1920s. Now, the August Tyson Bank in Berlin, the Bank Vor Handel and Vinschiet Varp in Rotterdam, and the Union Bank Corporation in New York City. To protect their corporate holdings, all the brothers had to do was move the corporate paperwork from one bank to the other. Which is why, and you still see that practice um, even till this day, ladies and gentlemen, that's why it always seems like the people are in control always shift and change in different nations all around the world. But the ideas, that's what always seems like nations fall, they crumble, and different nations uh, you know, come to tuition. But the ideology that drives these um, elite type of um, cults is the same. That's why they always seem to stay the same. Now, um, this, uh, they, they had to do with uh, some regularity. Now, when uh, Fritz Dyson sold the Holland American Trading Company for a tax loss, the Union Banking Corporation in New York bought the stock. Similarly, the Bush family invested the disguised Nazi profits in American steel and manufacturing corporations that became part of the secret Dyson empire. Now, um, that was J.P. Morgan, ladies and gentlemen. And here in uh, uh, Nebraska, they simply literally changed the name to P.J. Morgan. It's, it's, it's J.P. Morgan. Now, they investigated the bank Vor Handel von Schiep in Rotter, uh, Rotterdam. Fritz Thyssen was suspected of Hitler's auditors by being a tax fraud and of illegally transferring his wealth outside the Third Reich. The Nazi auditors were right. Thyssen felt that Hitler's economic policies would dilute his wealth through ruinous war inflation. Now, he had been smuggling his war profits out through Holland, but the Rotterdam vaults were empty of clues to where the money had gone. The Nazis did not know all uh, that all the documents evidencing secret Thyssen ownership had been quietly shipped back to the August Thyssen Bank in Berlin. Now, under the friendly supervision of Baron Kurt von Schroeder, Thyssen spent the rest of the war under VIP house arrest. He had fooled Hitler, hidden his immense profits, and now it was time to fool the Americans with the same shell game. As soon as Berlin fell to the Allies, it was time to ship the documents back to Rotterdam. 
so that the neutral bank could claim ownership under the friendly supervision of Alan Doles, who, as the OSS intelligence chief in 1945 Berlin, was well-placed to handle any troublesome investigations. Now, unfortunately, the August Thyssen Bank, who had been bombed during the war and the documents buried under underground vaults under beneath the rubble, worse, the vaults lay in the Soviet Union of Berlin. Now, Prince Bernard, uh, uh, Bernhard commanded a unit of Dutch intelligence, which dug up the incriminating corporate papers in 1945 and brought them back to the neutral bank in Rotterdam. The pretext was that the Nazi had, Nazis had stolen the crown jewel of his wife, Prince Julian. Prince Julian and the Russians gave the Dutch permission to dig up the vault and retrieve them. Operation Julian was a Dutch fraud on the Allies who searched high and low for the missing pieces of the Thyssen fortune. Now, in 1945, the former Dutch manager of the Rotterdam Bank resumed control over only to discover that he was sitting on a huge pile of hidden Nazi assets. Now, in 1947, the manager threatened to inform Dutch authorities and was immediately fired by the Thysons. The somewhat naive bank manager fled to New York City, where he intended to talk to Union Bank Director Prescott Bush. As Goen's Dutch source recalled, the manager intended to reveal to Prescott Bush the truth about Baron uh, Her uh, Heinrich and the Rotterdam Bank. Some of all that, uh, some or all the Thyssen interests in the Thyssen Group might be seized and confiscated by German as German enemy property. The manager's body was found in New York two weeks later. Uh, another similar situation in 1996. A Dutch journalist, Eddie Rowe Ever, went to London to interview the Baron, who was neighbors with Margaret Thatcher, the famous Margaret Thatcher that created Planned Parenthood. This was the same Margaret Thatcher that was a 27th degree KKK member and also a Freemason. Now, Revere's body was discovered two days later. Perhaps Gowen remarked dryly, it was only a coincidence that both healthy men had died of heart attacks immediately after trying to uncover the truth about the Thysons. Now, the first set of uh, the first set of archives confirms absolutely that the Union Banking Corporation in New York was owned by the Rotterdam Bank. The second set confirms that the Rotterdam Bank, in turn, was owned by the Thysons. The Allen Property custodian Leo Crowley was on the payroll of the New York J. Henry Shorter Bank, where Foster and Alan Doles both sat as board members. This is the same Alan Doles that was the very first CIA director. This is the same Alan Doles that organized the JFK assassination. This is the same Alan Doles that was part up of organizing Operation Paperclip. And uh, through Paper, Operation Paperclip is where NASA was formed and uh, quite a few other different industrial, military, industrial complex situations. Now, Foster arranged an appointment for himself as special legal counsel for the Allen Property Custodian while, while simultaneously representing interests against the custodian. Once Thyssen ownership of the Union Bank Corporation is proven and makes out a prima facie case of treason against the Doles and Bush family for giving aid and comfort to the enemy at a time. Now, in 1979, the present Baron Thyssen 
Bora Minicio, Fritz Tyson's nephew, prepared a written family history to be shared with his top management. A copy of this 30-page tome entitled The History of the Tyson Family and Their Activities was provided by Goen's source. Um, Goen and um, uh, Miller were one of the first uh, first people that were that uncovered uh, these correlations between the American uh, with between the American banks that were being set up by the Rothschilds and the Thyssen uh, industry, and the other um, the other banks that were uh, getting set up illegally around the world. Now, apart from Gwen Source and the Twin American Files, the third set of corroboration comes from the Thyssen family themselves. Now, in 1979, the President Baron uh, Thyssen Bormizier, Fritz Thyssen's nephew, prepared a written family history to be shared with his top management. Now, a copy of this 30-page tome entitled The History of the Thyssen Family and Their Activities was provided by Gwen Source. It contains the following, Thyssen Admissions, thus at the beginning of World War II. The bank Borhando van Schietbart had became the holding of my father's company, a Dutch firm whose only shareholder was a Hungarian citizen prior to 1929. It held the shares of the August Thyssen Bank, also American Subsidies and the Union Banking Corporation. New York, the shares of all the affiliates were, as around 1945, uh, once again, keep in mind, these dates correlate with the American... Uh, the American Great Depression during the 1931, because it was in that time where Thyssen created the Federal Reserve. You have to remember these dates. Um, let me uh, re uh, repeat. The shares of all the affiliates were with the August Thyssen Bank in the east sector of Berlin, from where I was able to have them transferred into the West at the last moment. After the war, the Dutch government ordered an investigation into the status of the holding company, and pending the result, appointed a Dutch former general manager of my father who turned against our family. In that same year, 1947, I returned to Germany for the first time after the war, disguised as a Dutch driver in military uniform to establish contact with our German directors. The situation of the group gradually became to resolve, but it was not until 1955 that the German companies were freed from Allied control and subsequently disentangled. Fortunately, the companies in this group suffered little from little from no dismantling. At least we're in a position to concentrate on purely economic problems. The reconstruction and extension of the companies and the expansion of the organization. The banking department of the bank Borhando van Schivart, which also functioned as the group's holding company, merged in 1970 with Nordelandis Credit Bank NB which increased, obviously, its capital. The group received 25%. The Chase Manhattan Bank holds 31%. The name Thyssen Bermudzina Group was selected for the new holding company. Thus, the twin U.S. archives were born. Now, Goen's Dutch source and the Thyssen family history all independently confirmed that President Bush's father and grandfather served on the board of a bank that was secretly owned by the leading Nazis industrials. The Bush connection to these American, the Bush connection to these American institutions, is a matter of public record. What no one knew until Goen's brilliant research upon opened the door was that the Thysons were the secret employees of the Bush family, as senior managers of the Brown brother Her uh, Her Hermans uh, Her uh, Harriman. I'm sorry, 
they had to they had to have known that the American clients, such as the Rockefellers, were investing heavily in German corporations, including Thyssen's giant Vergentius Stahlwerk. As noted historian Christopher Simpson repeatedly documents, it is a matter of public record that the Brown Brothers' investments in Nazi Germany took place under the Bush family stewardship. <clears throat> when war broke out, was Prescott Bush stricken with a case of Walter Meyer's disease, a sudden, am uh, a sudden amnesia about his Nazi past? I apologize. Um, let me repeat that. Now, when war broke out, Prescott Bush uh, was suddenly stricken with a case of uh, amnesia about his Nazi past. Or did he really believe that our friendly Dutch allies owned the Union Bank Corporation and its parent bank in Rotterdam? It should be recalled that in January 1937, he hired Alan Doles to cloak his accounts. But cloak from whom did he expect that happy little Holland was going to declare war on America? The cloaking operation only makes sense in anticipation of a possible war with Nazi Germany. If Union Bank was not the conduit for laundering the Rockefellers' Nazis, Nazi investment back into America, then how could the Rockefeller control Chase Manhattan Bank end up owning 31% of the Thyssen Group after the war? It should also be noted that the Thyssen Group is now the largest industrial conglomerate in Germany as today and with a net worth with well over almost 50 trillion dollars one of the wealthiest corporations in the world tbg is so rich it even bought out the krupp family famous arm makers for hitler leaving the thysons as the undisputed champion survivors of third reich now where did the thysons get the startup money to rebuild their empire with such speed after world war ii now, that was due to the numer numerous sums of money deposited into the Union Bank prior to 1942 is the best evidence. Now, the Prescott Bush knowingly served as a money launderer for the Nazis. Remember that Union Bank's books and accounts were frozen by the U.S. Allen Property Custodian in 1942 and not released back to the Bush family until 1951. Now, at that time... Union Bank shares representing hundreds of millions of dollars and hundreds of billions of dollars worth of industrial stocks and bonds were unblocked for distribution. Now, did the Bush family really believe that such enormous sums came from Dutch enterprises? One can sell tulip bulbs and sums come from Dutch enterprises. They can sell wooden shoes for centuries and not achieve those sums. Now, a fortune this size could only have come from the Thyssen profits made from rearming the Third Reich and then hide and then hidden first from the Nazi tax auditors and then from the Allies. The Bushes knew perfectly well that Brown Brothers was the American money channel into the Nazi Germany corporations. And the Union Bank was a secret pipeline to bring the Nazi money back into America from Holland. The Bushes had to have known how the secret money circuited worked before that before and because they were on the board of directors in both directions brown brothers out union bankings in union bank is in in 1951 prescott bush and his father-in-law each received one share of one union bank stock that was well almost worth 750 billion or 750 million dollars 
one and a half million dollars was a uh, I'm sorry just one and a half uh, million dollars was a lot of money in 1951 but these men these men out of one share out of the Union Bank stock was 750 million dollars but then from the Thyssen point of view buying the bushes was the best bargain of the war the bushes bank helped the Thyssen make the Nazi steal that killed Allied soldiers as bad as financing the Nazi war machine may seem, adding and aiding and abetting to the Holocaust was worse. Now, Thyssen's coal mines used Jewish slaves as their disposable chemicals, as they were as they were deemed disposable chemicals. There are almost six million skeletons in the Thyssen family closet, ladies and gentlemen. And that is just a short story of how economic warfare really 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 works all around the globe and we can still see this same Orwellian um, uh, Thyssen family uh, uh, web of, uh, of banking operating still to the uh, operating at a small and a much at a much more controlled uh, uh, point of view, like what's going on in California. So first California, they banned gas cars, right? And then they restricted the energy flow. And then on top of that, and then they said, well, now you're using too much water. So now we're going to come into your house and put a water, uh, a little water gauge on your stuff like that. Meanwhile, if you have any problem with your bills, you can simply just grant money from the bank which is where it's coming from and of course these banks nowadays like here in the, uh, here at uh, uh, Omaha Nebraska we have um, the US Bank Wells Fargo um, but uh one ones that are the ones that are growing the growing the most is just those it's US Bank Wells Fargo banks that are set up for colleges which if you one if you're wondering why you're seeing so many different banks that are solely focused on college students and stuff like that. Well, you can just take a look at the college student forgiveness plan that the um, Biden administration just reenacted by buying votes. But what that really, really does is kill the American dollar. What that really, really does is give more incentive to students to not study real history. Now, last time I looked, our education, our education, uh, as far as a grand span of the rest of the world, our education came in number 37. We are nowhere near where we used to be. There was in the 1700s, there was a time where our education was at number one. We had the top education in the entire world. That was before the Federal Reserve started to socialize uh, and control our schools by offering incentives, grants to these schools but they would tell them you can only teach what we want you to teach and you can only drive to these students what we want you to drive to them ladies and gentlemen and we are starting to see that more and more and more nowadays ladies and gentlemen and and i i can go even further did you guys know right after um uh, china warned the united states over countermeasures after u.s confirms a billion dollar arms deal arms sale to taiwan which is really Lockheed Martin holding the American military up at gunpoint, telling them that we are engaging in a war with China and Russia, whether you like it or not. Well, it was soon after that, that, that NVIDIA, the Silicon Valley that sold out to China, even admitted that the U.S. government is still creating artificial chip development in China. This is the headline. This is a CNN BC. NVIDIA says 
U.S. government allows AI chip development in China. On Thursday, uh, NVIDIA said on Thursday, the U.S. government will still continue and allow the deployments and the development of H100 artificial intelligence and chip in China. It's a win for the company after it warned Wednesday that new export restrictions could hamper its operations in our country. So this is this is how this is warfare right here, guys. This is how these this is how warfare works. You might think because it has a good tone on it and stuff like that, but even here, these companies like the video are even admitting it to you that oh no 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 no. The US government is going to allow us to not only continue in the manufacturing of chips here in Beijing and China. But if you put new restrictions on here, we will pull our st uh, stocks out, ladies and gentlemen, which is exactly what they did. They pulled about 7% of their stocks out because the Biden administration threatened to put more restrictions on there, which, but what does that, what does that do in the end? Well, that really, really just restricts us. It restricts our right to freedom. It restricts our right to independence. And it furthers down from this depopulation program that we are under right now. And thank God people are waking up. The truth about the vaccines are coming out. Um, and after Brandon's, um, uh, Brandon, uh, Joe Biden's speech yesterday, I'm 100% sure the rest of America, at least the Americans that are aware of what's going on and how much trouble we are actually in, ladies and gentlemen, they are that much more hip to it and they are starting to realize that we all need to start speaking out and giving your opinions to the public we need to realize that it does not matter whether your opinion is bad or good because giving your opinion to the world means nothing but just that it means giving your opinion to the world giving it giving your voice to the world and while sometimes you may face some ridicule and some very mean words you will find others out there that think like you, that have your type of mindset, and you just need to keep on going on and going on, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to get to um, uh, our uh, Reese report right now, ladies and gentlemen, which is outstanding, by the way, guys. And then we're going to follow back up here in the second hour, more than likely with some local news. And there's quite a bit other things going on. Like I said, the Biden administration, the Democrats of America and the military industrial complex, they are, they just issued war against the American people. While they have their black ops groups from the CIA out there killing and assassinating people and attempted assassinations out in Argentina, while simultaneously working with Big Pharma to run massive amounts of fentanyl with the super cartels that are being trained up by Al Qaeda, that's the same Al Qaeda that was CIA funded that was cia trained ladies and gentlemen so we have we are in a time of history that we do not need to be focused on abortion we do not need to be focused on student forgiveness plans and stuff like that and how much money you owe this is modern warfare and it's happening right now right in front of your face and you're just too dumbed down to see it ladies and gentlemen so let's get to this research report let's get to it Twenty-five years ago, Princess Diana's car crashed inside the Pont de la Alma tunnel in Paris, France. Her lover, Dottie Fayed, died upon impact along with the driver. And even though Diana survived, 
It took about 40 minutes to get her from the car to the ambulance. The official story was that they were trying to free her from the car, but several witnesses say that Diana was conscious and unobstructed. Photographs show that the back seat of the car was undamaged, and witnesses were pleading with the police to open the door and help her. Once in the ambulance, it took about 40 minutes for them to choose a hospital, and when they finally set off, the ambulance drove at a snail's pace and made several stops, taking about 40 minutes to drive less than four miles. Doctors were turned away, witnesses were strip-searched, cameras were confiscated, no evidence was gathered, no blood samples were taken, and by 3 a.m., the entire scene was sprayed down with high-pressure water hoses. Mercedes wanted to study the wreckage to see why it failed so badly, but they were denied. Diana's body was taken by the royal family, who had her reproductive organs removed before burying her remains. All 17 cameras along the route of the crash were mysteriously turned off, and all radio police frequencies went down. Witnesses were assaulted and threatened, and there was no investigation. Not until the inquest, 10 years later, which is when most people learned that Diana had penned a note in 1996 saying that someone was going to kill her in a car accident. This note was concealed for six years. At the inquest, experts agreed that Diana would have survived if they had gotten her to a hospital. But the blame was put upon a military-style attack. According to witnesses, a group of motorcycles, along with a white Fiat Uno, worked in concert to crash the car. First, with a blinding flash of light, followed by an explosion from the front tire of the Mercedes. During the inquest, a former MI6 agent described being shown the very same plan in 1992 for a possible MI6 assassination of Slobodan Milosevic and claimed it was MI6 who killed Diana. Because of all this, the inquest ended with the verdict of unlawful killing, blaming her death on the mysterious military hit squad. But the mainstream media spun the entire thing to make it sound like it was the paparazzi that caused her to crash, which is demonstrably false. And while there was no investigation into finding the members of this military hit squad, three years later, the alleged driver of the white Fiat, who had ties to MI6, reportedly committed suicide after being found shot twice in the back of the head and burned inside of his car. During the inquest, many things were kept from the jury, such as the fact that Diana's seatbelt was found to be defective and evidence of the car being sabotaged. Interestingly, these things would have brought more suspicion towards Dottie's father, Mohammed Al-Fayed who, after turning down repeated offers from the French government to provide security, was solely responsible for Diana's security detail. And at the last minute, had them leave their security detail in front of the hotel as a decoy and take a different car, a car that was recently stolen, broken, repaired, and never checked by security. Left with only one security guard, they were also assigned a new driver. Henri Paul, who had no chauffeur permit, was tied to foreign intelligence services, was seen on camera signaling to someone just before setting off, had received over 50,000 francs the day of the crash. And this was all under the watch of Mohammed Al-Fayed, who was deeply connected to the intelligence community. He was business partners with one of Lee Harvey Oswald's handlers, 
and represented the grandfather of Muhammad Atta. But none of that was mentioned during the inquest. Instead, with the help of pop culture agents such as Howard Stern and Piers Morgan, Muhammad Al-Fayed has provided the world with the cover story that Diana was pregnant with Dottie's child and Prince Philip had her killed because he's racist. Which seems like a strange cover story. That is, if you don't realize that the entire thing was a satanic ritual. Rituals are meant to be witnessed, and the death of Diana is steeped in satanic ritual. The royal family, originally known as the Saxe-Coburg-Gotha bloodline, changed their name to Windsor to sound more British. Their inbred family is traced back to Vlad the Impaler, otherwise known as Dracula. And with several proud Nazis in the family, including Prince Philip, the royal family is obsessed with pagan ritual and all things occulted. According to the carefully planned breeding of royal bloodlines, the marriage between Diana and Charles was for the Merovingian ancestry of Lady Diana to be seeded into the royal family. Diana was well aware of this and referred to herself as the Windsor Broodmare. They were married at St. Paul's Cathedral, owned by the royal family and built upon the site of a Roman temple dedicated to the goddess Diana. According to occult beliefs, the goddess Diana was Lucifer's consort, and on August 13, 1313, they produced a magical daughter named Aradia. In Freemasonry, this same trio is known as Osiris, Isis, and Horus. This same ritual is shown in the Roman Polanski film Rosemary's Baby, where the innocent virgin is unknowingly recruited by a satanic cult to mate with Lucifer and spawn a child. After the birth of Prince William, Diana became a threat to the family. She had major influence and used it to shine a light on the family's powerful interests, such as the endless war machine. Her life was being threatened, and she told several friends that the family was going to kill her. Less than a month before her death and after a series of affairs, Diana started seeing family friend Dottie Fayed. And on August 31st, the satanic ritual sacrifice date for the goddess Diana, Diana of Wales was driven out of the way past an ancient Egyptian obelisk and into a tunnel named in dedication to the goddess Diana. Inside this tunnel, Diana's Mercedes crashed into the 13th pillar, where she was kept to bleed to death above a known ancient Merovingian underground chamber for the ritual blood sacrifice worship to the goddess Diana. This is the religion of the world's elite. Prince Philip said he would like to be reincarnated as a deadly virus to wipe out humanity. His underling, Maurice Strong, co-founded the World Economic Forum with Klaus Schwab, and Prince Charles, who brags of being related to Dracula, co-founded the World Economic Forum's Great Reset Initiative. These are the leaders of the so-called New World Order. These monsters are the best that they have. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host for Subliminal Message Studios. We're going to run up on our second hour where we cover that much more, ladies and gentlemen. The Great Reset is definitely here in full shake. The good thing is, is there's a lot of people that are waking up 
and saying no to it, which is all we need to do to defeat what is in front of us, ladies and gentlemen. So support Subliminal Message Studios on uh, listener support on Spotify. Please uh, follow us on Instagram and um, Instagram and tw- uh, Twitter, and we will be right back. Thank you very much. We'll be right back. In Revelation 6, the scripture describes what is going to happen. And the people screamed and they cried and they cried to the mountains and the rocks to fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the orge, the wrath of God and of the Lamb. For the great day of the wrath is coming. Who shall be able to stand? He's talking about Armageddon. He's talking about the great judgment that is coming upon the earth. Unless we repent of our sins and turn to God. Benjamin Leonardo Jacobs, and thank you very, very much for joining me here in this second hour. The Biden administration and the Democrats of America and the WEF, the World Bank, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, these are these are all the architects that are moving in with this depopulation plan, plan with China and Russia to be the war headers of this World War III that we are entering and the Biden administration on live TV just enacted war against the American people, against the American constitution with red lights behind him looking like Adolf Hitler, the American form. And I'm not kidding about that. And I I was talking about this uh, last segment about the cult, uh, the cult, uh, the cultism of this, you know what I mean? The the significance of these red lights being in the center as compared to the red lights being on the outer. Because this picture within itself, there's blue lights. I think what they're trying to do is create the American flag, but they specifically made sure the red lights were in the center to create this almost subliminal message to tell the mega people or the conservative Republicans, the Republicans that actually know what's going on, the Republicans are actually standing up for America. The Republicans are really, really trying to fight for the people, no matter if they agree with them or not. They understand that this is a depopulation plan that's been put into effect right in front of their faces by 2030. Of course, they got it pushed back when they were trying to do Operation Lockstep with uh, uh, by 2021. But by 2030, they're saying cut all gas cut all oil fossil fuels and kill them, starve them out by dehydration, food starvation, and then ultimately, ultimately the 
physical one-on-one combat with aerial drones and combat troops kicking down your door. And those combat troops don't need to be soldiers. They can be the police, SWAT teams nowadays, ladies and gentlemen. But let's go to the Biden administration enacting war on the American people enacting war on the American Constitution, enacting war on me or you, because you have to realize these soldiers that have come at our doors, they're not going to ask if you're, are you pro-LGBTQ? Are you pro-Black Lives Matter? Are you pro? That's not what's going to happen. This is the reality of war that we are going to give you. And Biden going on live TV, marginalizing that group, and then, and then all day you hear on social media, you go on social media and it's kill them all, put them all in FEMA camps, arrest them all. They all deserve to go to jail. Free speech should be censored. You know, uh, cut off, cut off. The hospitals are out there screaming, cut off the genitals of your children. It's getting out of hand. I'm not, I would never call for violence, but what I am saying is Biden just called for an act of war on you and me. Fellow Americans, please, if you have a seat, take it. I speak to you tonight from sacred ground in America. Independence Hall in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Habits of the heart and our character. Optimism that is tested yet endures. Courage that digs deep when we need it. Empathy that fuels democracy. The willingness to see each other, not as enemies, but as fellow Americans. Look, our democracy isn't perfect. It always has been. Notwithstanding those folks you hear on the other side there, they're entitled to be outrageous. This is a democracy. But history and common sense... Good manners is nothing they've ever suffered from. And here, in my view, is what is true. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. And they're working right now, as I speak, in state after state, to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards, backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights, to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. President Biden finishing a 24-minute speech at Independence Hall in Philadelphia. He said, as he stands there tonight, equality and democracy are under assault, and he left no doubt 
whom he believes it is under assault by. He said Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. A big portion of the speech, maybe the majority of the speech devoted to that very subject. I'm serious. <laughs> we're, we're in serious trouble. And I, I also want to try to explain this on how they've already put all their chess pieces into place to where everything they do now is technically legal. Rounding up uh, um, the marginalization of a certain uh, domestic, what they would deem domestic terrorism, uh, domestic terrorists, I apologize. They could do that legally. If you guys all don't remember the Patriot Act and um, uh, this uh, um, this little crap head, I'll show you right here. Telephones. This new law that I signed today will allow surveillance of all communications used by terrorists, including emails, the internet, and cell phones. As of today, we'll be able to better meet the technological challenges posed by this proliferation of communications technology. Investigations are often slowed by limit on the reach of federal search warrants. Law enforcement agencies have to get a new warrant for each new district they investigate, even when they're after the same suspect. Under this new law, warrants are valid across all districts and across all states. And finally, the new legislation greatly enhances the penalties that will fall on terrorists or anyone who helps them. Current statutes deal more severely with drug traffickers than with terrorists. That changes today. We are enacting new and harsh penalties for possession of biological weapons. We're making it easier to seize the assets of groups and individuals involved in terrorism. The government will have wider latitude in deporting known terrorists and their supporters. And then there's that, the Patriot Act. And then if you and then there's those crazy Republicans that were saying, well, this is only enacting certain this this communication lines that you're setting up in the Patriot Act. This is only acting towards the American people. This is almost acting like another RICO statue on the American uh, on the on the American people as a pretext to guide whether or not the federal government deems them terrorists. And lo and behold, that's exactly what came out. Ron Paul used to be called, uh, uh, you know, the crazy conspiracy because he was the first one that called out Bush's Patriot Act and it being used towards American people and how if they deem you a domestic terrorist, then they can use jets on you. They can use fighter jets on you. They can use helicopters on you. They can use SWAT teams on you. They can use all this stuff on you, but they didn't have it down to a pack. But then you could also remember all the things that were leading up before 9-11, right? There was the 1960 Black Codes where the cities, the mainly Democratic cities, by the way, were building, subjugating the colored race or subjugating the poor communities to public housing. And then they would force the public housings to give up their basic human rights, have cops kicking their doors, take their guns away, even if they weren't committing any crime. It would happen like that all the time in Los Angeles, like that all the time in Colorado, like that, ladies and gentlemen. It was happening in a lot of Democratic-driven states. 
and this is all building up, and then 9-11 happens, right? Oh, yeah, but let's forget the owner and the person that made, or should I say the person, not the owner, but the person that made the Twin Towers went on live television and said, well, this doesn't make any sense. That's, that's, that, that is, that is planned explosives. I built these Twin Towers. I built these towers to withstand not just one plane, not just two planes, but more than three or four planes, ladies and gentlemen. And then, and then we can go even further, further than that with the owner is what I was about to say earlier is the owner, Larry Silverstein, doubling, it was, it was, it was tripling the insurance to the Twin Towers and building seven that he owned down the way about like six seven blocks down the way that also was just mysteriously you know went up in flames and collapsed the same day let's forget two weeks prior to 9 11 happening happening and they excavated every single person out of those buildings and then you know they told everyone well we're looking for bombs and then the the, the person that ran security of the twin towers was bush's i, I believe it was bush's brother and his contract ended the day before 9-11. So we can we can remember the Patriot Act and then we remember what that was all about. But then we can go even further and look at what Obama was talking about with uh, this clip right here. We cannot continue to rely only on our military in order to achieve the national security objectives that we've set. We've got to have a civilian national security force that's just as powerful, just as strong, just as well-funded. Now, of course, the first thing that comes to at least in my mind, common sense tells me when those 87,000, it's really about 140,000 because they had around 30, 40,000 that were retiring and or quitting that year. So they're replacing the people that were quitting with about 40,000, 50,000 new recruits. And then there's a 87,000 to 90,000 people that they're a new IRS agents that they are hiring on top of that with a completely different set of training, telling them that they need to be prepared to use a gun on the American people. And of course, of course, why not? If you don't remember the FBI war gaming um, uh, over a billion dead when a war with Russia and China turn and, and, and uh, also and also listen to this listen to this also you guys remember when they uh, another part of their war games and another thing they were saying is the DOJ uh, here here's uh, I'm sorry uh, the DOJ and the FBI saying domestic terrorism need we need the FBI needs to focus more on right wing militia extremists. And you guys remember when Ted Cruz went in congressional hearing was asking the FBI why they're targeting patriotic symbolisms like the Don't Tread on Me flag. They even had the old colonial American flag in there. But we can also remember, like I said, we can remember the type of war games that the Pentagon was wargaming. Here's a few of the different scenarios that the Pentagon wargamed in a war with domestic terrorism, not with China or Russia. But this is a war over a billion dead with domestic terrorism. Listen to this. This is some of their war game scenarios. So on November 2021, they're saying a cyber attack on the Angaric refinery in the Russian Federation, which resulted in a two-week shutdown, causing a sharp rise in the price of oil and gas just prior to the 2021-2020 winter heating season. 
April 22, a failed attempt to assassinate by IED, the chief of U.S. Uh, Pacific Command. Two members of the commander's security detail and the commander's political advisor were killed in the attack, while others, including civilians, were injured. January 2022, a failed plot to detonate a dirty bomb radioactive, employing medical waste and homemade explosives at Philadelphia International Airport. 2023, fire season. As fires raged in the western United States, established relief um, a UPAC, which is um, United Patriots Against International Government, is uh, this. These are some of the the armies that have stood up to the American government after uh, after you know what I mean after the Civil War has been introduced. Now they're saying as fire rages in the Western United States, Ubico uh, established relief efforts designed to com uh, compete with the U.S. government's response in order to undermine confidence in government's agency. June 2024, an attack in coordination with the members of the Irish National Liberation Army, INLA, on the U.S. flag area carrier transporting U.S. military personnel at Shannon Airport in Ireland. Militants fired two surface-to-air missiles at the aircraft, which was damaged but managed to land successfully. This is These are the type of war games that they're training to pit us under. These are just a certain domestic, domestic kind of war games that they're putting over. Here's more. Even through the PLA, it went from a gleam of the eye and of its founder, the Bond villain, increasingly named Oda Cryo, to terrorist power play in just a few short years. The pace of its operations didn't please its hardest core members, who the war game scenario says broke away in the late 2020 to form yet another organized devoted to even more rapidly eroding confidence in governmental and institutional bodies by staging events that demonstrate the potency of the establishment. That splinter group, United Patriots International Government, that was just who we were talking about, in this war game, all terror groups have Pentagon-style acronyms. All of these war games have Pentagon-style Pentagon acronyms. That is 666. Okay? These are, these, this is a devilish term, dude. And, they, and like, like I said, you can go, you can go even further than this and further than this, and this is how it's been built up. This is where we're at right now. 1960s, bam, black codes. They're forcing people, just like the just like slavery used to happen, forcing women and children into a house, but kicking the man out. That's exactly how they they train slave after slave after slave in the 1600s and the 1700s. Did you guys know that? That's how slavery actually worked. Like our our um, historical knowledge, our, our historical knowledge, uh, uh, knowledge. I'm sorry. Um, on slavery is so just distorted and it's so wrong. We have this idea that slaves just were forced on this plantation and there was uprisings every now and then, but they're always put down because you know they're poor, not poor black men. No, the, these a lot of a lot this they did the same kind of programming where they would tell the slave, "I will give your mom, or I'll, I'm sorry, I will give your family a place to live." But you can't go in there and you have to work on here and we'll give you another place. Or they would say, we'll give you a place to live, but your family has to live inside our house. And then they would train the son, daughter, whatever, you know, the color son, daughter on how to act accordingly. Right now, after so much time of that happening, that's why there was a much uprisings uh, during slavery is because they were acclimated to believing that, oh, this is just the way it's supposed to be. Yes, Massa. Well, in the 1960s, that's exactly where, like even before that, obviously, um, 
especially with the Mexicans, the Native Americans, not really with the blacks, because a lot of more civil rights activist groups were being led on by the FBI and a lot more interference was going on. So they wanted to shift real slavery into the Mexican population and a lot of it into the Italian population and the Cuban population. That's just the truth about it. But during the 1960s, that's when you re that's when you really saw this reenactment of the old 1600, 1700s ways of slavery that were introduced really from German Eagle Saxon. But when they introduced those, that's when you saw this um, uh, these types of these types of genres within our culture where they're acclimated to believe, oh, everything's racist, victim to everything, you know what I mean? And then and then it all and then same thing, and the same thing's kind of going on right now with with Biden's speech with that marginalization of one certain group. So everyone, so soon everyone just starts to acclimate themselves to think this is a terrorist group. And the police and nowadays, that's even more scary, you know what I mean? Because we have, you know, the the uh, equity inside our police department, well, it's complete bull crap. Now we have a lot of women hanging out with freaking, with the male officers. The male officers are not able to think clearly, not because they're in the wrong, but because there's testosterone and their natural instinct when they're around women will naturally go up. That is a natural basic instinct and they keep on trying to sell it. This is all about equality and equity. No, no, no. Nowadays, police are more are more frank to shoot because there are women cops around, whether it because they want to look cooler, whether they because they want to set their place in stone, you know what I mean? But they're not thinking clearly because their testosterone, their basic instincts are being jerked towards preserving what they're trying to protect, which is the woman. That's just a basic male instinct. Exactly why I'm uh, totally against females being police officers totally against that you have no idea that more danger you're putting more people into and it's not like i said it's not because you know it's a police officer but it's, it's just basic instinct and we see it more and more and more and more and more but it, um in, anyways ladies and gentlemen if if you guys remember even the fbi getting called out for saying, for telling the American people that if you see a Patriot flag, if you see a Don't Tread on Me flag, if you don't, if you see a Texas Range flag, if you see an old colonial American flag, they're probably a terrorist. If you hear anyone questioning the election, questioning anything that we say isn't true, they're probably a terrorist. If you don't remember, this is about a nine minute video. Look at this. I'm deeply concerned that the FBI and the Department of Justice have become thoroughly politicized. I think this is a problem that began during the Obama administration. I think it metastasized with career officials during the Trump administration. And I think it continues and is even worse today under the Biden administration. I don't believe you personally reflect that politicization, but I think you've been unwilling to root it out and unwilling to hold people accountable for the politicization. I hear regularly from FBI agents, and from professionals at the Department of Justice who are dismayed that our law enforcement has been weaponized and politicized rather than remaining apolitical as it has been for the history of our country. Yesterday, it was reported that Project Veritas had obtained a copy of an FBI training material, which listed various symbols and themes, which in the FBI's estimation were indicative of, quote, militia violent extremism. Now, these symbols weren't things like the Ku Klux Klan or the Nazi Party, which naturally would be symbols of that. 
but instead they included rather astonishingly patriotic symbols of our nation and our history. Included on this list is the Betsy Ross flag. Now that's fairly remarkable that the Betsy Ross flag and the FBI's indication is indicative of violent of militia violent extremism because among other people who have been publicly alongside the Betsy Ross flag we have President Barack Obama who was sworn in directly underneath two Betsy Ross flags but it's not just President Obama we also have President Biden who was sworn in under Betsy Ross flags it's not just the Betsy Ross flag also on this list is the Gadsden flag as a symbol of violent extremism. Now, the state of Virginia has a license plate for the Gadsden flag, as do many other states. I think people would be astonished to find that having that license plate, the FBI indicates that you're a violent extremist. Also included on this is a text that I was particularly struck, is the Gonzales battle flag. Come and take it as indicative of being a violent extremist militia. Well, I will self-report right now that every day in the Senate I wear my boots that have the Gonzales battle flag on the back of them. Director Ray, what are y'all doing? This makes no sense. Do you, do you agree with this FBI guidance that the Betsy Ross flag and the Gadsden flag and the Gonzales battle flag are signs of militia violent extremism? Well, Senator, I, I'm not familiar with the particular document you have behind you, uh, and I'm not in the practice of trying to comment on documents that I haven't uh, recognized, but I will tell you that when we put out intelligence products, including ones that reference symbols, which we do across a wide variety of contexts, we usually uh, make great pains, take great pains to put uh, caveats and warnings in the document that make clear that a symbol alone is not considered evidence of violent extremism uh, and it's well but director Ray you don't include things like Antifa you don't include things like Black Lives Matter instead you identify patriotic Americans as suspect and I would note there's a pattern of this as you're aware the National Association of School Boards asked the Attorney General to investigate parents as domestic terrorists under the Patriot Act. Now, it did so because it was upset about moms and dads coming to school boards and disagreeing with the policies of those schools. Five days after that letter, the Attorney General sent a memo to you directing the FBI to target parents for investigation. Since that time, the National Association of School Boards has apologized for the letter because it was so indefensible, but that hasn't stopped the FBI. In fact, you created a specific threat tag ed, uh, directed at parents. So let me ask you, how many moms and dads who have spoken up at school boards has the FBI interviewed or investigated since the memo from the Attorney General? Well, first off, I'll say I'm not aware of any. But second, let me address the issue. You're not aware of any? Like yes, the House of Representatives has written you, you and asked you. would let me. If you would let me. So please answer. Uh, let me say to you and to this committee 
the same thing I said to every FBI field office after I read the memo, which was that the FBI is not going to be in the business of investigating speech or policing speech at school board meetings or anywhere else, uh, and that we're not about to start now, that threat violence, threats of violence, that's a different matter altogether, and there we will work with our state and local partners as we always have. So, Director, you asked Ray, about, Director, you asked Ray, about, Director Ray, our time is, are, do you know how many parents you have interviewed or investigated since that, that memo? I am aware that we have had a small number of assessments, which is less than an investigation, and a few full investigations. Not, hold on, hold so how on, many hold, hold on, hold, let me finish. I, I'm just I'm asking you a question. That, time is I don't know the number, but that not, well, well, but let me finish, that are not necessarily of parents. We have individuals who have made threats against a variety of people sometimes school board officials, sometimes other okay, people as Director well. Director Ray, I, I will point out the House of Representatives has sent you oversight letters detailing dozens of investigations under a threat tag directed at parents, parents, moms and dads, who GMED have come in because they spoke out against mass mandates or vaccine mandates or critical race theory, and suddenly the GMED show up. And this was after the Attorney General claimed it wasn't happening. And so the pattern, sadly, we've seen, you say you don't know how many there are. The follow-up will be, I'll send you a letter, and you'll send back a letter that says I refuse to answer it. Let me give one another example. Recently, there was the case against individuals charged with kidnapping and murdering Governor Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan. That case ended up an absolute debacle where the four people who went to trial, two of them were acquitted, two received mistrials, None of them were convicted on even a single charge, and the basis of the defense was entrapment, that the FBI, that paid enforcements for the FBI, had suggested and had incited the conduct. Let me ask you, how many FBI agents were disciplined or reprimanded after that disastrous case and the misconduct that led to every defendant being acquitted or having a mistrial on every charge? Uh, Senator, I can't comment on a personal matter. I can tell you that that case, as I understand it, is now pending a, uh, a retrial, as I understand it. Well, the special agent in charge of that case has now been sent to D.C., to the Washington, D.C. office, and now leads the investigation regarding January 6th. Is that correct? That doesn't sound right to me. That does not sound right. The, the, the name of the individual is Stephen D'Antuno. He was, he was run out of the FBI Detroit field office. And by the way, I will point okay. out that the lead investigator, Special Agent Track, are you aware that he was apparently fired for allegedly beating his wife after coming home from a swingers party and he'd made multiple derogatory political posts about President Trump showing political bias? Are you aware of that? I am aware of, I think, the incident you're describing uh, and action that was taken about it. Uh, to clarify on the first part of your question, uh, Mr. D'Antuano was the special agent in charge of the office, uh, the Detroit field office, and is now the assistant director in charge of the Washington field office. I thought you were asking about the agent who was responsible for the... So the guy in charge got promoted and is now in charge of the January 6th investigation. The guy in charge of the whole Detroit field office is now in charge of the whole Washington field office. That is astonishing. Indicator of the song. Teachers being investigated by the FBI, the DOJ issuing bulletins about right-wing extremism, the ACLU getting caught forging and making it seem like white men 
are doing most of the shootings or are, are, are spreading most of the crimes. Listen, I don't get caught up on racism or anything, but if we're going to be talking about statistics, then let's talk about statistics, especially when it comes to human trafficking. Almost 50 dead or 50 dead being stuck in a tractor trailer, all immigrants left in there by human trafficker, all dead, including children. A mother and a kid were just found yesterday in the Texas desert, dead, eaten by coyotes. A day prior to that, a four-month-old baby, an 18-month-old baby, were left in the Arizona desert to die. Thank God they were at least, at least found. And this is an implosion an implosion in the United States and everything is happening like freaking clockwork. The 1960 codes, the inter the inner the in innovation of public housings to the United States so they can force the people into apartment buildings. The Patriot Act, which first set the stones to allow the federal government to federalize the military federalize the police to a certain extent to where when they actually put in laws like they're doing right now. Suddenly, everything that was put in during the Patriot Act, well, all those laws are already put into intact. They don't have to push through. Now with the FBI and the DOJ pushing this new bulletin and making this legislation of law, they don't have to put in any kind of legislation when it comes to terrorism because now they've already framed right-wingers and militia members and all the people, Christians, conservatives, mainly Christians, uh, all, uh, mainly Christians too. Terrorism, just like that. You see how the devil works? Just like that. You see how that works? Just like that. Just like that. And if you don't think, and if you don't think for one instance that the Chinese military and the Russian military aren't just sitting there waiting to get the go-ahead orders, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you guys remember me explaining to you guys on how the Chinese, they uh, did their own war game. You see, they war game, war game over a four to five billion dead in the war with America, ladies and gentlemen, you see one of their one of their many plans were to put missile cruise uh, cruise missiles onto shipping containers and cloak them into commerce uh, shipping boats and stuff like that. And I also reported uh, back by maybe like three four months ago in California, there's two sh two massive shipping containers with with these containers on them that are docked at our California ports, and I think we have a, a, one of them docked at a New York port, they're being told not to be touched, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I'm not saying that there's cruise muscles in those, but they're telling them you cannot touch these, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't know the type of technology that they, and they're creating this type of technology in 2005, ladies and gentlemen, what you're seeing on your screen. This is in 2005 that Russia and China were planning to stage these types of operations and they have these docked. may or may not be docked two of them at california's ports and one of them at new york port the biden administration has just issued a declaration of war against the american people the doj and the fbi are corrupted to a certain extent to where if they do have to go full row they can simply shed the people that will not go along with the plan while the Chinese military puts their cruise missiles into the sky and then Operation False Flag in America has begun now all of a sudden 
with the Pentagon and even the director of the military uh, of the name of one of the main naval bases saying that if we do suffer a nuclear missile, then we will not strike back. If someone hits us with a nuke, we will not strike back. Well, lo and behold, they're going to do false flags, ladies and gentlemen. They are going to do something drastic to the extent and This isn't a game. This is not a game, ladies and gentlemen. China building ball range cruiser missiles off the shipping containers. Three of them, two of them are docked in California. One of them is docked in New York. If they may or may not be, I don't know for a fact. What I do know is the technology is there. What I do know is we have. Two being held in California Bay and one is being held at the New York They're being told not to test due to COVID. And that was also part of their plan, the Chinese plan, invasion plan too. It was to use the disguise of COVID so they can put these shipping containers close enough to where they have their cruise missiles already in place. So when their electrical grids go shut down from the uh, drone swarms that we've been seeing, I don't know if you've heard about this, ladies and gentlemen. And if you haven't, here, let me let me give you guys a little update of these of rogue drones that have reported been reported by the FFA. The FFA records show, this is uh, CNN, by the way, FFA records show that, that rogue drone, the rogue drone problem isn't going away. Even more disturbing, rogue drones aren't just a problem for smaller, low-flying aircraft, but for military bases as well. Here's another one. Dro uh, rogue drone shuts down Vance Air Force Base is not was not connected with the satellite and with, with satellites in America. If you don't know how drones work, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you have a drone, then it connects to an American used satellite. No matter where you are in America, it will always connect to American used satellite. Now, however, these drones that are getting spotted by the FFA at large amount large amounts of paces. These drones, they're not connected to our satellites. So therefore, our military institutions, like our naval base, just today, there's a massive swarm of drones that went to, went through the Taiwanese Strait and went and hovered over one of our U.S. command, uh, one of our sorry, uh, one of our U.S. command naval base, our, our U.S. command um, uh, fleets, just hovered over them, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't this isn't a, it's not it's not a it's not a game that we're playing right now. Our dollar is not just being spent up like alcoholics drinking liquor for nothing, ladies and gentlemen. The IMF Bank, the World Bank, has made a notation, like I said, and like you saw before, they have made it a point that, yes, we are switching over to digital currency, but we're going to leave America behind because uh, we want America to suffer. We want America to destabilize and destruct itself so the Chinese PLA and the Russian and the Germans and the real Fourth Reich can have its true standing in this world. They want total authoritarianism, ladies and gentlemen. For analysis on CBDC in particular, for the use of general to the general use, uh, we tend to establish the equivalence with cash, uh, and there is a huge difference there. 
for example, in cash, uh, we don't know, for example, who is using a $100 bill today. We don't know who is using a 1,000 peso bill today. Oh my uh, the key difference in, with the CBDC is that central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that uh, expression of central bank liability. And also, we will have the technology to enforce that. Those, are, those two issues are extremely important, and that makes a huge difference with respect to what, she, to what cash is. Total authoritarianism, and they're going to do that, and they're going to do that. They're going to do that by playing psychological warfare on us all. On us all. Chinese cruise missiles built into shipping containers that could turn Beijing's large fleet of freighters into potential warships and commercial ports into future military missile bases. The new missile is in flight testing and in land attack variant of advanced anti-ship missile called the YJ-18C, according to American defense officials. The YJ-18C is China's version of the Club K cruise missile built by Russia that also uses a launcher launcher disguised as a shipping container as rail also is working on a container launch missile called the Laura. That's right, Israel's on it too. And you know what else? And you know what else? This is also coming after. This is this is even more scary. It's not just all the pieces have been set in a stone for a civil war and with the federal government to being able to cloak this murder, this mass genocide that they're about to do in America under the term of terrorism. Just like we were told so long ago. You remember the media lying to us about WMDs in Iraq, but we can but it's okay to sue Alex Jones for talking about Sandy Hook for 29 minutes. But when CNN drives us to war, when left mainstream media, when the fourth industrial complex of the government drives us into a war that kills thousands of Americans, we don't pat an eye. You understand what I'm saying to you? We don't pat an eye. And you know what else? And you know what else? It's not just these cruise missiles. It's not just this. It's not just them issuing a declaration of war against the American people. It's not the fact that China has been wargaming itself while while Pentagon war games on killing us over a billion dead. That was just that was in a war with China. There's almost four billion dead in a civil war and a start and in a civil war caused by starvation. Over four billion dead. Chinese government issued four billion dead just getting in a war with uh, war with America. They have people they want to kill. The Chinese government doesn't care. There is no freedom over there. And they also and, and it gets and it gets even better. Listen to this. China warns of countermeasures after the U.S. confirms a billion dollar arms sale to Taiwan. This is the same Taiwan that we have been arming since 1975. Do you understand what I'm saying? 1975. And when I say army, I don't mean giving them, uh, you know, like our old technology. We have been updated. We've been giving Taiwan updated technology since 1975. Taiwan and Japan, particularly in Japan, they issued war handbooks to their citizens saying that we're going to war with America, not China, but America, America. Not China, America. I want that really, really sink in. Because if you think Taiwan is on our side, believe me, they still haven't forgot what we did in Japan. The most of it, it amazes me how we, how we like think that that could possibly happen. Like it, it honestly does. 
the most of you cannot forgive your ex-girlfriend, your ex-boyfriend. You can't even forgive yourself for some of the shit you did last night. But in your mind, you're convinced that, yeah, Japan's forgave us for blowing up two of their biggest cities. Yeah, they forgave us. No, they didn't. This is war gamed out. And they're being sponsored by the World Bank, by the way, okay? Commissioner, um, Mr. President, uh, I rise again, I'm afraid, to make the same old hoary speech that I've been making here for several years. And that is, it is my opinion that you do not really understand the concept of banking. All the banks are broke. Uh, Bank Santander, Deutsche Bank, Royal Bank of Scotland, they're all broke. And why are they broke? It isn't an act of God. It isn't some sort of tsunami. They're broke because we have a system called fractional reserve banking, which means that banks can lend money that they don't actually have. It's a criminal scandal, and it's been going on for too long. To add to that problem, you have moral hazard, a very significant moral hazard from the political sphere. And most of the problem starts in politics and central banks, which are part of the same political system. We have counterfeiting, sometimes called quantitative easing, but counterfeiting by any other name. The artificial printing of money, which if any ordinary person did, they'd go to prison for a very long time. And yet governments and central banks do it all the time. Central banks repress the amount of interest that rates are, so we don't have the real cost of money. And yet we blame the real retail banks for manipulating LIBOR. The sheer effrontery of this is quite astonishing. It's central banks. It's central banks that manipulate interest rates, Commissioner. And plus, underneath all this, we talk loosely, in a rather cavalier fashion, do we not, about deposit guarantees. So when banks go broke through their own incompetence and chicanery, the taxpayer picks up the tab. It's theft from the taxpayer. And until we start sending bankers, and I include central bankers and politicians, to prison for this outrage, it will continue. Okay. But yeah, China warns against countermeasures, what those countermeasures could be. Now we're hearing about swarms of drones. Uh, and keep in mind, these are the same kind of swarms of drones that we saw with that one guy that issued, um, that one guy that showed, uh, I, I can't remember what he called, I can't remember if he called them swarms of drones or he called them nuke drones, where basically it was just a bunch of little tiny nanobite drones that you could fly over a city and drop a drop a load down and they would go right after who they wanted to kill and bop, 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 go into schools, bop, 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 kill everyone, you know what I mean? And we're seeing it now, and, and, and we're seeing it now with, uh, or at least some of our military is seeing it now. You know, this, like I said, this, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think our, I don't think our mainstream media is telling us what's really, really going on. When we issue a billion dollar arms deal with Taiwan, this is the same Taiwan that says, well, we're, we're going to war with you too. Now the military is either complicit in this and knowing that we are going to be shut down and in a very, very wicked kind of way, or they're just not giving a flying, you know what? Then we got the drone page, the, the not the. Um, and then we have this uh, chip reduction act going into effect. But you know what? You know what I'm reading about, ladies and gentlemen. I'm reading about Amazon joining forces with Hangzhou to encourage more Chinese e-commerce merchants to sell in overseas markets. That's what I'm hearing about. I'm hearing about 
NVIDIA, and I said I, I said this earlier, I'm hearing about NVIDIA, one of the top artificial chip development uh, developments for China or, uh, for America, selling American stocks and then moving more of their companies over to China. I'm hearing about NVIDIA actually admitting to, no, the U.S. government is still allowing artificial intelligence chips, specifically the H100 artificial intelligence chip in China to be uh, to be uh, to be manufactured in their contracts extended in Beijing. Meanwhile, Nvidia still uh, uh, sold their stock around seven percent, and their stocks in America dropped about nine percent. That really helps our economy. I'm hearing about Amazon dumping their buildings out. Stop! They're they're stopping building in America, and I'm hearing about them going into China right now, specifically Beijing. I'm hearing about chip companies that are extending their contracts in China and places like Shanghai and Beijing and other places in China. It's a big joke, ladies and gentlemen. It is a big, big freaking joke. And they're using, and, and uh, like, let me tell you something, guys. They're getting ready to do something very, very, very bad. Whether that, maybe that, maybe that be poison the water because I think water warfare is going to be the next major thing that they introduce right before they get into the physical contact. And what am I talking about? Let's go to this clip right here. We, we foresee a new paradigm of water as a, as a common good, which has to be governed and managed as such at any scale, anywhere in the world. One has to reconnect to the hydrological side too, is that of course uh, it's, a, it's a review on the economics of water and we will be looking at the value of water and considering different novel economic policy measures of which one may be for example putting some form of price on water in order to guide and, and give incentive the whole needs of green revolution to solve the climate crisis for the next 30 years step by step transition in one area of another is going to be critical. The world has to turn green. It's not going to succeed unless we have a blue revolution. Unless we change fundamentally the way we manage water. And that means going beyond buzzwords and the interesting pilots and the very interesting small initiatives but thinking in ecosystem terms. It's global. It requires new governance systems, new financing, new ways of scaling up. Thinking ecosystem terms. Scale up what works well to a degree that's never been seen before. Focused on economics of water. When we have focused on water, we've only focused on drinking water, domestic water. And that is roughly 150 liters per person per day, which is what what the wealthy are using and at the United Nations the human rights on water has been set that number to 50 liters per person per day. Right, we are all only as healthy as our neighbors on our street, in our city, in our region, in our nation and globally. Did we solve that? Like did we actually manage to vaccinate everyone in the world? No. So highlighting water as a global commons and what it means to work together and see it both out of Problems with which had similar attributes and water is something that people understand. You know, climate change.
and gentlemen, this is an artificial takedown of America through technocracy and technolo technolo uh, technology. They have psychologic psychologically brain punctured us and left us with absolute no basic common sense and right now with this climate change with them issuing water alerts all around california northern california is seeing an absolute fire blaze almost all of it is burnt up leaving thousands of citizens to abandon their homes their cars are wrecked everything is gone california did it all by design with not clearing out their brush to their fields through this um, uh, cons you know, conserve conservative or this conser conservation of land where they let land completely outgrow itself and then through the fire seasons, through the hot seasons, because there's we don't go in there and clear everything out. It's all man-made. It's not natural so we have to go in there and clear everything out. But thanks to the libtards they used they, they were convinced and they were psychologically programmed. They were Convinced that saving the earth, saving the planet means man-made force and then leaving them up to nature to fend for itself. Well, then what do you think is happening? And then they banned gas, ladies and gentlemen, and now they shut off, sent out alerts and shit, was controlling people's air conditioning over the weekend in the Democratic-run states in California and other places. Issuing water, uh, a little water gauges if you use, use too much water water this is the great reset and you know what else you know what you know what amazes me about about this whole uh climate change thing it's not like you can't go online and listen listen to this ladies and gentlemen spanish government admits to spraying chemicals on citizens during the strategic plan on COVID-19 state of emergency, the United Nations authorized the Spanish government to spray lethal chemicals from the skies. On April 16, 2020, the Spanish government quietly admitted that they authorized the military to spray biocides on the entire population. This population-wide medical experiment was carried out under the cover of the United Nations, a state of emergency for the management of the health crisis situation caused by the pandemic, COVID-19. Isn't that just be who? And listen to this. Here's this is being reported. More and more countries are admitting that yes, weather weaponology is real. Water warfare is a major real tactic in real war. That's used mainly. That's used well before physical contact uh, comes into play with troops. Water warfare, not so much weather warfare. This is kind of new, or at least at least uh, I, I would think it's new. Maybe the ancients were able to control the weather in a lot better scenario but what i am telling you right now is yes spain admitted that and now iran listen to this the head of iran's culture heritage and tourism organization organization believes that in addition to economic sanctions the west is launching another kind of uh, uh war uh weather war on the islamic republic speaking at a ceremony to in introduce the nation's new meteorological department chief hassan musabi said that he was suspicious about the drought in the southern part of the country. He went on to accuse the West as using technology to influence the nation's climate, saying sandstorms, droughts, and other extreme weather were the result of an unspecified method of weather warfare, ladies and gentlemen. This is no longer, this, this shit is a conspiracy theorist, okay? We've had, I've played videos of a grandfather of weather weapon, uh, weather manipulation where he was using 
planes to cause mansoons on the Mochi hand uh, on the Mochi Man Trail in Vietnam, where they are catching pictures of these Vietnam soldiers and they're slowing them down by creating monsoons, legit monsoons. And well before that, the you you know you could you could probably find the video on YouTube if they haven't banned it of uh, what's what's that guy's name? He's he's there's a man back in the nineteen. 19, uh, was it, 1920s, 1910s, 1930s, around that area, of him creating a cloud buster where he had this, he had this sound kind of device, kind of looked like a trombone or whatever, um, but he had this, he had this device and he pointed at the sky and a couple days later, rain pouring everywhere. One farmer ended up paying him a, a healthy sum of money because there hasn't been rain touched down on this farm and, I, uh, and there was a rain touched down on this farm and I don't know how long. And he paid him, he said, if you can make it rain here, I'll pay you, you know, whatever. He made it rain a couple, couple days later. He said, it rain, don't worry. A couple days later, boom, everywhere. So you can even think about Hurricane Katrina now. Now you can think about every, that, that crazy, even the, I remember even watching the meteorologist say, this looks like something that I've never seen before. I've never seen weather patterns operate like this. It was on live TV. I remember him saying that. And then, and then Hurricane Katrina happened. Boom! Militarized police went to take take their guns away. Any civilians that said we're good, we don't want to be we don't want to be rescued. We're we're independent right here. We can wait it out until things turn back to normal. Police showed up at their house, forced them out of the house at gunpoint, engaged them into a fight. Basically, that's exactly what the police did: is engage them into a fight. They didn't give them a chance. They held their guns on them and told them, either you guys can give up or we're gonna spray your asses down. That is Nazism. We don't understand that. That just that didn't happen too long ago, ladies and gentlemen. You remember the you remember the chief of police? No, no one's going to be allowed to be armed. Remember that? You don't think they're you don't think they might use everything in their plethora weather weaponology, missile cruise missiles because they made deals with the Chinese government. They said you can have America, take it, kill our citizens. We don't care. We're putting vaccines in, in pregnant mothers knowing that it will kill the baby. We don't freaking care. And our senators here in Nebraska, you know what they're doing? You know what the Democrats in Nebraska are doing right now? They're using ARP money to set up community LGBTQ centers. They're paying, they're having the, they're having the Eight, uh, uh, the ACLU and the ADL, they're having the freaking uh, uh, Nebraska Medicine and UNMC castrate our children. You can go on their website and it even says on their website how they're so proud to support the LGBT group. And then you go on the list of medicine that they use to castrate your son, Lepron, the same type of medicine that they give to pedophiles when they're trying to castrate them from touching little babies. But of course, we have scientists and scientists, experts and professors at college getting caught left or right, telling and trying to indoctrinate children to say, to use the term mats for for minor attracted person, pedophiles. Where do you think psycho where do you think brainwashing goes? How far and how low are we going to go before we realize we are done with? Ladies and gentlemen, because what is happening right now is not a game. Uh, uh, Biden did not just go on live TV knowing full well, knowing that this is going to marginalize a certain group in America. It's going to make that it's and it's going to make it very distinctive, too. Because social media, what we know about social media, right? 
everything and everyone goes on social media. They judge them off of what they see on social media. So in their minds, it's going to be a pretext when the SWAT team show up and at your neighbor's house, they're going to knock at your neighbor's door and they're going to be like, hey, they're not going to be there to get you. They're going to ask about your neighbor. They're going to say, hey, what do you think about your neighbor? You think he's, you know, you think he has, you have your, uh, you know, said any of this have you ever seen any of these signs or to show them don't don't tread on me and you know old uh, old betty ross uh, flags and they're gonna they're gonna show them all that and that neighbors are like oh yeah 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 i saw them on facebook i saw them on facebook with that kind of stuff and they're gonna be like okay hey we're gonna have you come out of your house because we're gonna have to do with that person and then they're gonna go up to the stair uh, to the neighbor right down the road and then they're, they're gonna ask that neighbor about you and they're gonna ask that neighbor, hey, is that is he vaccinated? Did he support you know um, uh, this, that, and the other? And if you didn't hit all the right numbers, off you go too. And it's not going to matter, honestly, how much you do for these elite, for the power structure, because power consumes power. Evil consumes hate. Evil consumes it all. You know what I'm saying? So it's nothing that you're going to do that's going to stop them from taking your sorry, uh, sweet little behind off of that FEMA camp that Barack Obama made back in 2004. And now, now look at look how, like I said, we're so acclimated on human trap on how uh, slavery actually works. The only slaves right now are the Mexicans. Slavery is real. Don't worry, guys. Yeah, there is a race being oppressed. Yes, there is. I'm not playing around there. Yes, there is. There's about ten thousand. Mexicans and illegal immigrants that come across here every day, babies and daughters and sons, uncles and cousins that come across here every day and they get used as human trafficking. They don't even get to see any lights because they end up in stash houses where cartel members fly them back and forth to the border using them as mules. And if they don't want to be used as mules, then they leave them in the desert like the four-month-old and the 18-month-old was left in the desert to die. Or the mother and daughter that just left in the Texas desert and got ate by coyotes. Yes, slavery is real. Yes, people are being oppressed, but it's not the black race. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be all, you know, uh, which races get oppressed more. I'm not saying that, but yes, it is happening, but it's not happening to the black race. It's happening to the Mexicans. It's happening to the illegal immigrants that are coming across here, being used as human slavery, human, human trafficking. That is slavery. So yes, slavery is real. But it's not what the mainstream media is telling you. Because if you look up real slavery in history, you would be pissed off about the Democratic Party right now. You would not vote Democrat. Regardless of what you think about the Republicans, I'm not saying you wouldn't form your own party by now, but you would not be voting Democrat. The Democrats actually were formed out of the KKK party. Do you guys, like, just let that shit sink in. Let that really, really, really sink in, ladies and gentlemen. Let that sink in, just like you should allow yourself to sink in, that Spain admitted that, yes, weather weaponology is war or real. Iran has admitted weather weaponology is real. Germany has admitted weather weaponology is real. Russia has admitted, yes, weather weaponology is real. China has admitted, yes, weather weaponology is freaking real. America is the only one that will not admit it because they know, they know the moment you admit weather weaponology is indeed going on it is real we have harnessed that power by spraying different types of biocides in the air changing the uh the, the hot and air cold the hot and cold um uh, temperature within the uh, atmosphere and then sucking uh, sucking certain 
oxygens out of the out of the lower atmosphere. Yeah, you can cause certain things. But you know why they don't want to admit it? Because the moment they do, all the people that are believing in climate change and climate change this, climate change that, suddenly climate change, well, you really have to question it now. Because is it climate change or is it a government using this type of weather weaponology? And some of the biggest governments in the world, some of the biggest militaries in the world have admitted, except for the United States, that yes, weather weaponology is real. Now, don't get me wrong. The mainstream media has come a little bit okay with it. They've at least admitted to false flags. They've at least admitted to the NSA and the FBI and the DOJ tracking and tracing everything you do, right? They at least admitted to that, right? But you remember when they were calling people like me conspiracy theorists? Oh, the NSA is tracking everyone. He's a he's a conspiracy theorist. How about now? We had to have a we had to have a little twerk like Edward Snowden tell the American people, no, yeah, no, dude, they're tracking everything you do. And then they're taking all that information, all that personality driftical information, they're putting it all into a certain kind of a box, if you will. Kind of like the Earth's black box that was in being in, that was introduced. To take all those personalities and all those traits, those human traits, and put it into one system. Then you put the James Webb telescope in the sky, tell everyone that, oh, we're just trying to catch better images of the universe. Meanwhile, they're not telling everyone that has an actual video feed and it's actually going to and it's actually trying to usurp different areas of the universe to try to find a place called heaven. The scientists actually admitted it right on live television while actually trying to find, find heaven right now. This is a war on God. This isn't a game. This is a war on God, ladies and gentlemen. So hold on tight to your butts. You're about to see a whole lot of action get down in these next few years, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know how long it's going to go. I don't know where it's going to go. I do know they're getting ready to pull something very big. This is a game. Whether it be flooding the middle middle of the United States, I can see them that. You know, you take out the heart of the United States, uh, flood out the Midwest, and then strike the uh, east and the west with um, cruise missiles that you already have ported at our docks for crying out loud. At least I, at least I'm, I'm kind of convinced that that's, if I was Chinese, if I was a Chinese government, I would do it. <laughs> it's not like, it's not like any of the people even believe that even though the, the Eco Health Alliance, and even though we have actual documents, you can show people actual documents, even though like we now know that the COVID-19 virus was created in the Wuhan lab. Yes, Anthony Fauci, uh, full well knowing that it was being made. He may have been there when it was made. Yes, we know that there were bat viruses being altered and genetically modified. Those gain of functions. Yes, we know that Anthony Fauci changed the definition of gain of functions in December of 2019. Yes, we know he used NIH funding, uh, American funding, you know, tax funding to kill our asses. Yes, we know that he went to DARPA and even DARPA told him, hey man, you shouldn't be doing that we're not with it he turned around and said we're doing it anyway yes we know for a fact that this was entirely planned even the new virus of monkeypox entirely planned bill gates had the patent on monkeypox in 1986 how does that happen how does that happen i'm not making any of this shit up you can look at look 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 it up this isn't a game this isn't a game ladies and gentlemen this is not a game, okay? They're getting ready to do something serious. And it's not like, and like I've been explaining, it's not like they haven't been setting up those stones like chess pieces, all like dominoes, all falling down right now, perfectly. 
perfectly. Perfectly. And now everything that they do to that marginalization of people, right-wingers, left-wingers, it doesn't matter. Everything's law. Patriot Act is in place. The 1960 Black Codes of Public Housing is in place. Uh, the FBI issuing and changing the definition of terrorism to meet and match the domestic way of terrorism, which is what they want. The LGBT program, Black Lives Matters owners are getting sued for for freaking and for embezzlement of almost ten million dollars. But they're still they're still getting college and state funding right now. I mean, you talk about. I mean, this is this is this is out of this world. Governments around the world are admitting to chemtrails. They're admitting to weather weaponology. Water is being poisoned all around the freaking planet. While BlackRock and Bank, BlackRock and Vanguard, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation monopolize hydro panels that create water out of thin air. So, if you try to create your own hydro panel that creates water, well, it's illegal. Then Bill Gates is going to have send the local police to come and say, "No, you can't create your own water." There's a law against that. There's a law against collecting your own rainwater. There's a law against being independent. There's a law against being a basic human being. We better wake the hell up. Get out of this right or left paradigm and realize this is a biblical war. This is the war against good and evil. This is the war on your mind. This is Subliminal Message Studios. I'm your host, Benjamin Leonardo Jacobs. Thank you very, very much for joining me on this segment, ladies and gentlemen. And I will see you out there. I will see you out there. It never wears out because there's no moving parts. At the top of our news here at 6 o'clock, an age-old dream becoming a reality. A local inventor has discovered a way, hear this, to use water to cut your car. It's a major breakthrough that will no doubt make motorists happy. And as Ralph Robinson explains, the Pentagon is also showing lots of interest in this project. Water has always been considered a precious commodity, but Stan Meyer's invention may make it even more valuable. He has developed what's called a water fuel cell. It has taken the place of his old gas tank. The water fuel cell breaks down water molecules into oxygen and hydrogen. The hydrogen is used to run his dune buggy. I don't care if you use rainwater, well water, city water, ocean water. If you don't have any fresh water, then go ahead and use snow. If you don't have any snow available to you, then use salt water because there's no adverse effect to the fuel cell. Meyer started working on this project for years ago. He's not a scientist. He isn't even a chemist. In fact, he never graduated from college. Mars was determined, he says, to design something to protect this country from oil embargoes. We have calculated that if we take the dune buggy from Los Angeles to New York, we would roughly use 22 gallons of water. The Pentagon flew a Lieutenant Colonel in last week to look at Mars' invention. There's talk of possibly using it in the Star Wars defense program and to run army tanks. Mars is currently perfecting a water fuel cell for cars. It will cost about $1,500. He says it won't be any maintenance and you won't have to replace it. It will be at least two years before the fuel system goes into mass production. The day to happen will be one the fuel industry hates. But it'll put a smile on the face of those who haven't seen it one time or another. Fill her up.
and then suppressed by the existing order for one reason or another. Either they're incompatible with classical ideas, or they upset strong financial interests, or whatever it may be. In the past, great things have been done by gifted humans. They are, in a sense, the vehicles of God Almighty in bringing this stuff into the world. And none of it has ever reached public use and, and uh, uh, public currency because of this dictatorship of the knowledge systems of the world. Video, and in particular projects like this one we're on now, they reveal that you can do to these ancient, seemingly ancient discoveries, what was not possible or feasible 50 years ago. It was simply beyond technical capabilities, and the means of distributing what you discovered were all in the wrong hands. Nowadays, the internet has put all that to bed. You can't do that anymore. You know, humanity is going to have uh, information no matter what. So I see in the things that I know about and have been personally involved with a great horizon for producing an endless series of productions like this that will bring this stuff out of the limbo where they've been shoved and into the full light of day where some of the bright young people who are now on the earth can make them into blessings for mankind. first victims from the mass shooting to be publicly identified was Aaron Salter Jr. He was a retired Buffalo police officer who worked at the store as an armed security guard. He's being hailed tonight as a hero. Aaron Salter Jr. wore many hats in his life. Retired police officer, substitute teacher, but one of his true passions was science. He built a lab in his garage where he spent countless hours working to develop an engine that could run on water.
big story of our era is the ability to hack human beings. And by this I mean that if you have enough data and you have enough computing power, you can understand people better than they understand themselves, and then you can manipulate them in ways which were previously impossible. And in such a situation, the old democratic system stopped functioning. We need to reinvent democracy for this new era in which humans are now hackable animals. You know, the, the whole idea that humans have, you know, this, they, they have this soul or spirit and they have free will and nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's all.